No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. What was the secret to David's giant-slaying success? Today we see where David volunteers to face Goliath, and Saul reluctantly agrees. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 on Simply the Bible. I love this story. It never grows old. My son and I used to act it out when he was a boy. Of course, I would be Goliath and he would be David. In our previous episode, David, a youth of about 17, brought food to his three oldest brothers who were on the front line of the battle against the Philistines. When David arrived, he didn't find a battle at all, but a giant who was taunting the army of Israel and everybody afraid to fight him. David was told that King Saul had offered a handsome reward to anyone who would kill Goliath. He would have riches, get to marry the king's daughter, and be tax-exempt in Israel. We continue in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? The NIV translates verse 29, Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? Why is it that often the people who should support us the most are our worst critics, namely our family and friends? Jesus suffered this as well. He said, A man's enemies will be those of his own household. He also said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. What was Eliab's hang-up anyway? He was present when Samuel passed over him and his other brothers and anointed David with oil. But he probably didn't understand what it all meant at the time. However, you can't help but detect jealousy in Eliab's response to his little brother. I mean, look at how he judges David's motives. I know your pride in the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. But wasn't Eliab aware that David just brought him food from home? Eliab probably felt ashamed and embarrassed by the boldness of his youngest brother, especially when he and his other brothers and all the army of Israel were so afraid. The funny thing was that if David had come to see a battle, <laughs> there certainly was no battle to be seen. Verse 30, Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. David wanted to make sure that he understood the terms of the reward very clearly. But little did David know that his words were being repeated to the king, and soon he received a summons. Then David said to Saul, 
Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. This really must have been comical to King Saul to see this shepherd youth want to take on Goliath. It reminds me of when a tiny lapdog starts barking ferociously at a Rottweiler. Do you really think you have what it takes? But there was more at stake here, for Goliath had made an offer. If someone defeated him, then the Philistines would serve Israel. But if he defeated the one they sent, then Israel would serve the Philistines. So was Saul willing to risk all that on this youth with an attitude? And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. Saul saw it purely from the human perspective. He was walking by sight, not by faith. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. David showed much wisdom in his response to Saul. He had learned from his own battle experiences while being a shepherd. For him to kill a lion and a bear was truly miraculous, and David knew it. So he gave the glory to God. But more importantly, David reasoned that if the Lord helped him kill these predators against his father's flock, then he would also help him defeat this giant who had defied not only the army of Israel, but the Lord himself. Saul couldn't refute the wisdom of this youth, so he let him face the giant. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Saul stood head and shoulders above the rest, and David was a mere youth. This oversized armor was cumbersome and must have looked ridiculous on David. More importantly, David had not tested Saul's equipment. In the heat of battle, David did not want to rely upon something that he had never tested. David wrote in Psalm 12:6, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. In our warfare, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It is tried and true. So when we go to battle, we must not rely upon the weapons of the world or the flesh. These are untried, untested, but on our spiritual weapons that are mighty in God, the weapons of the Word. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand. Then he drew near to the Philistine. 
David stuck with what he knew. He selected five smooth stones to use with his sling. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. When Goliath cursed David by his gods, I think David thought, You just blew it now, fella, because you've brought the Lord into this battle. It's no longer me against you. Now it's our God against your gods, and you don't have a chance. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. You see, it was all a matter of perspective. David could talk tough because he saw a little puny Goliath against a great big God. But everyone else saw a little shepherd boy against a great big giant. David walked by faith, and not by sight. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. What explanation could there be for this epic upset except that the Lord guided that stone like a missile? David finished the job with Goliath's own sword. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley into the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Shearim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their tents. The enemy didn't honor the word of their champion. Rather than becoming servants of Israel, the Philistines simply ran away. Satan never honors his word, for he is the father of lies. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. Now when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine. He said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As your soul lives, O king, I do not know. 
So the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Now Saul had been told that David was Jesse's son when David first started playing the harp for him when the distressing spirit came upon him. But perhaps Saul had forgotten the name of David's father. This story stands as one of the most remarkable ones in all the Bible. We can make many applications in facing giants in our own lives. But we must remember that at the core of it all, was David's heart to glorify God. And that was why he took the initiative. Really, the secret to David slaying Goliath was the fact that David saw that God was in control. David saw that Goliath had blasphemed the Lord and really the giant didn't stand a chance because he had come against God. David knew that all God needed was someone to step up in faith and be the instrument that he could use. It has been said that there are people who make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who don't know what's happening. Which one are you? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see that after David's triumph over Goliath, Jonathan loves him as his own soul. But Saul looks at David with a different eye. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.